if I ever become like prime minister, I want you to burn this. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna release this. <laughs> I think this is much more interesting than what Theresa May has been doing. Yeah. We don't know what she's doing. It could be this. <laughs> oh, someone else has to start. I can't. I'll, I'll follow Sam. You can introduce yourself then. Okay. Hey, everyone. It's Sam. <coughs> And it's Flora. And Anna. <laughs> I thought for sure you were going to do it after your name to I'm identify gonna... yourself as the party hooter. We can all hoot. Hoot for boot. <laughs> <laughs> Nip for dip. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I think we should start with uh, eight words or less. I think so. Yeah. So what did we see? Well... That's the thing, where we do the eight words on yes. that. No, I'm that's asking why you. she's asking, what did we see? Uh, okay. So instead of saying, we... you say, yeah. I'm keeping this in, though, because this is no. gold. Well, you need to beep because you said the name of the movie. Oh, well, yeah. But I'll, you need cut, to beep I'll cut like that out. Yeah, yeah I'll, well, that's f- I'll figure it out in post. I'll just, like, duck quack on it. Yeah. <laughs> Can so... you get up real close? Or sample that audio. <laughs> Your ducks. Yeah, Ellie. Um, that was Finnish. <laughs> Where did that come from? Um, oh god, isn't getting too late for this. Um, my eight words or less is. Wait, what? But are we doing the what movie did I see? <laughs> Just ask me what movie. Okay, well, what movie did you see? Um, the way that I would describe this movie is: girls be crazy, boys be stupid. <laughs> Anna, what did you see? Rabbit, fish eye, naked man. What? (laughs) Mine flows perfectly into yours, because I said, surprisingly stressful relationships with rabbits. True. Very true. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah. Even morbid relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Morbid. Stressful. Yeah. Weird. Dead babies. Weird. So before we go too far down this <laughs> just, rabbit hole, just right in, rabbit. just like no, oh nice, yeah, nice. exactly. Well, well, the film we saw was the favorite, just to give a little bit of context. Yeah, and I think Anna's got some stats. Well, the director is Yorgos Lanthimos. I think he's Greek. Yes, if I remember correctly, he's also directed Killing of the Sacred Deer, The Lobster, and uh, apparently is a bit. Of a weird dude likes yeah. to do weird movies. It's starring um, Olivia Coleman and Rachel Weiss and Emma Stone, and they all got nominated for the Oscars, which is really nice. Yeah, yeah, ten nominations in total. Yeah, and all like the best picture, best director, um, and yeah, all the women got nominated. So lead role and both got a supporting, like uh, Stone and. Wise got a supporting Oscar nomination. What were our initial thoughts? Well, I went into it thinking it was going to be a normal period piece, because that's kind of how, at least the trailer I saw, it seemed like more of a feminist take on a period piece. So it's just three women kind of battling it out. But I didn't. It's like Mary Queen of Scots, the trailer for Mary Queen of Scots. Yeah, yeah but then a dark, a more like a darker yeah, vibe, uh, like a dark black humor. Yeah, kind exactly. Of thing. Yeah. Dark edge, but nothing. A bit of Monty Python. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't think. Mo- I didn't get Monty Python from the trailer. I don't know, but they also make like fifteen trailers. So. True, but. It was way weirder than I thought it was going to be, for sure. Because I, yeah, came in expecting, yeah, 
sort of dark humor mary queen of scots and i don't know what i got instead but some weird camera angles some slow-mo naked dudes getting hit with oranges emotionally intense rabbits um baby carrying that yeah i know not a lot about the british history but definitely nothing about queen anne so the idea of having a film about her was it felt unusual so i think from the outset i was kind of dubious that it would be just a straightforward period piece because if you're gonna do that (laughs) (laughs) fuck (laughs) in case you can't tell we're high strung (laughs) yeah so from the onset i was kind of dubious that it would be just a normal period piece because i didn't know anything about queen anne and usually if you're gonna do something they have to have done quite a lot i think was that the renaissance period it felt like that through the costumes yeah just on a side note wow yeah the costumes that was one of my favorite parts of it for sure yeah it was oh, yeah. so beautiful and really like the attention to detail in all of it was really impressive yeah especially like i what i liked in rachel vice's like dress you saw that kind of lace and i don't know what it was was it leather or what kind of because it mm. like stuck out oh. and that same lace was then later used on her face when yeah. Very scared the queen. I know. <laughs> that was so cute. Yeah, but the costumes were really they were beautiful. Yeah, they were really beautiful. And also that like I I want to point out that the music. The music was also cuz it is the like the whole way it shot it kind of disorientates. Yeah. The viewer yeah. and it it at times it's very chaotic and the music plays really well. Yeah, no definitely. Yeah. And I think I like that because sometimes we've seen a lot of Lars von Trier's films and with that it's kind of chaotic, confusing and that just makes me think like, oh Lars. And yeah. it feels intentional but also just not quite executed well enough for me to kind of go along with it. Whereas with this film, it was chaotic and crazy, but equally it made me feel that way. And I was brought along with it instead of feeling like this is too weird for me to engage with. The whole time I did definitely feel all sorts of emotions. Like I was laughing and then at the end I was like, I'm so scared and sad and confused. (laughs) So I think it was really effective in that way. It doesn't tell you how to feel in the sense that it's overly one emotion or the other and it's not at all lyrical it's all instrumental um it doesn't tell you like it it tells you how to feel but not in a way that it's kind of patronizing you yeah like it's still your choice to feel it and it it doesn't feel yeah the music doesn't make you it doesn't feel like it's tricking you it's more of a physical response the only other score that i can call to mind that made me feel this way was the one from dunkirk which constantly rose, so you were constantly feeling paranoid, like more and more and more as it progressed. And with this one, I think, because it's, yeah, so erratic and so high-pitched, you feel just on edge, not because it's manipulating you, but just because a physical response to that kind of music. Yeah, definitely that. And they use things that are clearly classical, but not recognisable. And everything is... There's a lot less piano than you would expect in strings and a lot more harpsichord, which is unsettling in itself. And there's a lot of kind of discordant notes that make you feel on edge just by what they are and the fact that they don't 
match up with each other and how the beats are. I found that that's a very interesting choice to use classical music, but put it together in a way that is not really recognizable because I was trying to look up who did the music and where the music came from. And it says that they just pulled from a bunch of different sources. So there was a lot of actual classical music, like pieces that they took from Bach and things like that, but then also added pieces that were written specifically for it kind of in between. So you never hear something long enough to recognize it, which I think kind of plays into yeah. the whole feeling of... Yeah, because I would say the language of the film was like that as well. They're speaking very traditional English dialect that you'd expect in a period piece and then throw in a whole bunch of modern-day cuss words. So you're constantly being drawn from all different sources. And so I guess that's why it all felt so intentionally chaotic, because every part of it was doing that. Yeah, it, the music, I feel, kind of plays into the uncanny world because it, it's like almost recognisable, but not really. And that kind of puts you on edge. And also, yeah, the, the curse words that just pop out here and there. Yeah. And they are not constantly used, but they are used in like precisely that kind of moment when you feel comfortable and you think you know where things are going. And then they just drop it. Fuck, 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 fuck. Yeah, yeah, and especially from the voice and the mouth of yeah. Olivia Coleman. <laughs> yeah. It was so weird to hear some of those words come out of her mouth. <laughs> yeah, and then the, like, sudden acts of violence. Yeah, or emotion. Yeah, like pushing people into ditches or... Right. You don't see those coming. They're, like, complete surprises. You're co- constantly, like, on edge because you don't know what's happening. Yeah, it feels like the, it actually just a bunch of children masquerading as adults playing dress up mm. like there's all these people who act who do a good job of pretending that they're posh and everything's okay and they know what they're doing and they have a plan and then suddenly one of them pushes the other into a ditch and he's like oh look over there Psh! like or one starts throwing books at the other and then the other one hits herself with a book and it's like what what's happening like I thought I understood and like you were saying you think that you know where it's going and what's happening to you nope and I really enjoyed that yeah yeah I think it's important to say that I really enjoyed the film overall it was weird but I really enjoyed it yeah same I I, like with the weirdness I feel that the closest for me resembles do you remember that kind of movie called The Perfume Mm, yeah 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 kind of also like in the same world a period piece but also extremely weird and you really don't have you seen you no but you told yeah, me it's about, about it the the serial killer yeah. who kills people to get the perfect set yeah ben yeah. Whishaw's in it, and it's the same beautiful <clears throat> costumes like i think the reason why it's also striking and probably confusing when you first see it is because the budget is huge and so the attention to detail is so perfect that it's kind of an indie movie in the way that they're doing it. Like, it's LGBT friendly and kind of a smaller story than you'd expect. There are no grand battles that you see, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. It's just three women in one house and the relationships with each other and the people around them. So it's kind of an indie movie style with the budget of a Hollywood movie. I think that's why it's quite disconcerting as well and why it takes a while to go into it because you're expecting like a Keira Knightley movie where she's going to be a queen. Running on fields and... Yeah, and pouting. And instead you've got Olivia Colman crying on the floor. And (laughs) you're like, where am I? Yeah. Yeah, Oh, sorry. I was just going to say like I expected full well 
to be bored at some at some points like not with the movie at overall i expected to enjoy the movie but be bored with it in the same way that sometimes you get bored with a period piece because the convention of the genre genre is that it is a bit slow and we drag things along because not a lot is actually happening it's about oh well we will build up these relationships slowly and you see the tech nope nope not a bit you just dive right in like fall out of a carriage and you're there that's what it felt like she fall yeah she falls out of a carriage in the beginning the audience falls out of a carriage in the beginning just like all expectations gone because he's wanking off to her (laughs) (laughs) i really like that yeah i think that's a very apt thing to say about it as well yeah and i want to go off with the the like the the indie movie vibe because it really does feel like an indie movie because with all the camera angles they you don't have really a lot of those big big shots of entire yeah as you said battlefields i think the biggest shots are more of the parliament when there is yeah otherwise it's close rooms close-ups of faces very weird angles from down like from a down angle so you're looking kind of up from the ground level or then like the angles are not pretty angles no so it it creates this kind of weird balance because everything like the the castle and the costumes and everything is so beautiful and then you have these weird angles that kind of make the characters ugly at times yeah i thought that too because there's times when i was looking at emma stone and like everything about her is really chiseled and beautiful and perfect and then they'll just do like a shot from under her chin which is not a good angle for anyone who's ever opened an iphone you would know (laughs) so it was yeah really bizarre and that's probably why i respect it so much as a movie because it's got a very clear feminist message like three women taking it on and definitely manipulating the men around them and using their like fragile masculinity but equally it's not trying to like glamorize them either they're all very human and ugly as well it's really weird watching a film where it's so ugly like everyone was sick (laughs) yeah 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 so much vomit do you have any kind of questions about the film I was really confused with the the fisheye lens. That was my question. Yeah, because I was constantly when because they didn't use it that often. Within one scene, it could for a moment be the fisheye and then change to a normal lens. So I was constantly trying like, what does this mean? First, I th- when the first time the fish eye came, I thought it was Emma Stone's character. And her kind of vision of the whole situation. And that, because the fisheye makes it really chaotic. And that kind of like, almost, it kind of feels like a Baz Luhrmann absent montage in Moulin Mm. Rouge. But then it's not only, like, that lens wasn't only used with Emma Stone. So I really don't know what to make of it. Yeah, it felt weird. It would come out of nowhere. And just, first I thought it might be her vision too. But then you see actually where she is. And the camera angle that looks at her is completely different from the camera angle of the fisheye. And it happens in different places, like you said, so it's not... Could it be the rabbits? <laughs> That's honestly kind of what I was wondering. It's like, Cause cause it's it felt like a from, child's yeah, view. Yeah, because it's always it's from so down small. below. And that's why it's like kind of... That, that is kind my of best like, guess. Yeah. But the rabbits also aren't in that room. We don't know. It could be. <laughs> Maybe my rabbit theory in the eight words is is coming up 
surprisingly stressful relationships with rabbits. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Because they're sneaking around. Yeah. Yeah. I thought just so many things about it, like the fisheye lens, they start off in one place and then by the end of the film you're feeling differently about them. So fisheye lens starts off with Emma Stone, by the end you're like, I don't really understand what, you know? And I think the rabbits were like that as well because you see them at the beginning. It's a very weird, cute thing in the corner of her room. And then she gets super emotional because they represent all of her dead children, which is a very big shift. And I think that's where Olivia Common really shone because she did a very good job at getting a laugh and being silly, but equally really horrible to watch a woman be so ill <laughs> like yeah. and crazy. But then she could flip back to just being hilarious and funny common again. So I really, yeah, I thought she was great. All three of the of the women in that movie, when they walked into the scene, I didn't know who to look at because everyone was so commanding. Everyone mm. was so in charge in a completely different way. They were, yeah, I'm so glad all of them were all nominated because they all deserve it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. What do you think the ending meant with the close-up face of Emma Stone, like close-up shot of Emma Stone's face rubbing the leg and maybe something more. <laughs> we don't know. Kind of looked. Yeah. And then panning to the Olivia to Coleman the and then facing that super, super imposing. Yeah. Yeah. Onto the rabbits. I think mm. it was to me. I think he wanted to leave it on a bitter taste i think comedy is what i'll remember the film for but i think he clearly made a very insightful character piece and so to have finished it on just comedy would have done an injustice to the characters because yeah it's kind of i think um the character of abigail had spent the whole movie trying to get to a point where she had agency and she was happy and she felt safe and secure someone else mentions that to her like you just want to be safe and I think the ending showed that she didn't and she's still not happy and it's she's doing the same things that she's been doing since the beginning that she's trying to get away from and maybe like she's stuck in her position and I think with Olivia Coleman it was very much the queen is even sadder than before probably and especially with her paralysis it felt like that was going to come to a sticky end soon as well. For me, it felt like Coleman was taking her agency back because she was clearly, the queen was clearly led throughout the movie by these two mm. women played by Emma Stone and Rachel Wise. And uh, I feel that the ending kind of her banishing Rachel and then, yeah, putting Emma Stone back into like kind of like demoting her or yeah. like bringing her mm. back from that kind of weird. Like, remember what you're here yeah. for. Yeah. I'm the queen and I kind of feel that that was a very bittersweet moment because mm -hmm. the queen got kind of her agency back but she clearly also was sad because she lost mm -hmm. what she thought was the closest people to her. Yeah, the kind of fantasy of both yeah. of them. It, it all became very real at the end. How I kind of took it was, yeah, similar. One of the scenes that precedes it when Rachel Weisz's character is leaving and she looks at Emma Stone's character and says, you think you've won? And Emma Stone is like, well, kind of have, haven't I? And then Rachel Weisz leaves, and 
she ends up never seeing her again. But it felt like, in a way, that was kind of, even though you don't see Rachel Weisz, like, in that scene, it felt like that was Emma Stone's character losing because in the scene before when the Redcoats, I don't know what to call them, come, <laughs> come to uh, uh, banish uh, Rachel Weisz's character and her husband from England, she pretends that what is happening is what she wanted to happen and in that way she always kind of wins Mm -hmm. so when she sees them coming before her husband she says I really want to leave England I think that would be a good choice for us and then they come to banish them so as long as she says it before and pretends that that's what she wanted to happen then she does win and so it felt like in that way even though maybe ideally Rachel Weiss's idea of winning in the beginning would to be would be to get her station back with the queen even though the queen decided to banish her she kind of demoted Emma Stone in mm-hmm. that way and it felt like that is how Rachel Weiss would yeah. win yeah yeah and I think even though she wasn't physically there kind of her absence in the scene was physically there yeah. so the fact that Abigail and the queen aren't maintaining eye contact it's the closeness that they'll lack mm. that um, the Queen and Sarah did have. So now um, Abigail is just kind of the sexual object to the Queen, which yeah. was also the most interesting part for me was just kind of all the sexual relationships, playing with power, playing with gender and sexual, like yeah. all of that was really interesting. Yeah, it was really worth seeing. For sure. And I do understand that it got that many nominations. Yeah. Because it got nominated 10 yeah, I think ten, the most out of anything. Ten different categories. Same as Roma. It yeah, took a lot out of me, though. Yeah. I was so tired. Yeah. <laughs> but that was good in a completely unexpected way. That's what yeah. cinema's for, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you go and you're shocked and surprised. Maybe it's something that you weren't... It's not always enjoyable, but you're learning and you're seeing something different, and I really appreciate that. Yeah. Also, shout out to the Criterion for being awesome as always. Woo! Shall we try to do our snack segment that we've tried to do before? And I kept forgetting the Kit Kats. <laughs> yeah, and I think also we haven't consumed much culture since the last podcast, so maybe we can do snacks instead. Yeah. Excellent. I think so. Excellent. Right. Lovely wow. ASMR. Exactly. I was thinking, well, you set it back down, and now I'm just going to have to open it. That's probably not a good sound to hear, but who knows? Maybe people out there will fall asleep to this sound. (laughs) So, yeah, this segment, what we're thinking of doing now is we're testing snacks to make sure if they're cinema suitable. I'm already pretty sure that this is not going to be cinema suitable because of... Yeah, what are, like, our standards are... So, I came up last time we talked about mainly three standards. That would be volume, tastiness, and I think like ease of eating so like bringing it into the cinema and like do you need utensils like things like that mm. also pungency oh yeah that yeah. that is important none of your cheesy crisps I, yeah i feel like odor would be like a yes or no kind yeah. of scale yeah these have odor but not it's not invasive for some <laughs> how strong is your nose yeah but I think also part of the aim was to try and pick things that are a little bit weird. 
Yeah. So, like, we're not going to be testing popcorn. It's unless like that. it's weird popcorn. Yeah, unless it's... <laughs> send yeah, us your weird popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> so, our Kit Kats that we're testing now aren't even regular Kit Kats, but no. they seem to be lemon drizzle. Have yeah. you ever had lemon... Or have I? No. No. I don't think no, so. No, you have not. <laughs> I I neither have I. I found them in Tesco's. <laughs> Yay, again! <laughs> the height of culture. Tesco's. <laughs> oh, it's so glorious. Excellent. I love that that's only going to be a joke that if anyone listens to this podcast, it will only be a joke that people in England will understand. <laughs> I'm here for you. Represent. Excellent. Okay, already they're too loud. Actually, yeah. no. That was a very... You had to concentrate on it, though. Yeah, and you're doing this in the dark, and do we count? Yes. No. Do they no. sell them as separate, or do you have to buy the, packet, buy the packet of nine? Okay, but this is just... This is BS. Like, who would take this whole thing into... The, there's nine of them. You don't... You... I, I would feel say like that the you packaging have... only counts if you plan on theoretically eating the whole thing. I might get snacky. Yeah, I might... Are you judging us now for <laughs> No judgment. I'm hopefully a growing girl, okay? <laughs> but here's the thing. They are individually wrapped inside the wrapping. So I feel like you can't go to the outside. Because then where do you stop? Like, okay, I'm bringing, <laughs> <laughs> I'm bringing in the box that has 200 of these. No, because they Because I might get no, snacky. No, no. <laughs> the question is, can you buy, if you like lemon drizzle... Can you buy these as separate, or do you have to always buy it in the packet of nine? I do not Always have... in the packet of nine. Yeah. You can't buy them separately. You don't know that, because you don't have an intense knowledge of, like, all the global markets. We don't know if these are sold separately. Give me the packet. Okay, it may say not available for, for resale individually. No, because you can't... In England, you, can, you can't get Kit Kats... In this packaging separately anymore because it's always the four finger ones or the Kit Kat chunkies. You can't buy them like this. But you might be able to get them in another country well, in different packaging. I can only go with what I can go with. Oh, I actually had a crumb and it's really tasty. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I know I did it by accident and it was. But nice. okay, let's go okay. over the fact of the package because they're noisy either way. Yeah, they're yeah. noisy either way and yeah, they're uh, disqualified. And oh, well, it depends. Oh, no. That doesn't mean they're noisy, but. If I would want to take these to the cinema, I would open the packet before exactly. the movie yeah. and unwrap them. But then, I think we should try them because the noise is also but in yeah. the eating. Yeah. And this, yeah, the foil is noisy. The foil is noisy. I think this is good, um, credit, like, um, you know, the adverts at the beginning. These, mm -hmm. these could pass for the adverts in the beginning. They could pass for, too, if you don't take the big cellophane wrapper, which is super noisy, they could pass for a loud movie. Yeah. Like a, like a Marvel thin, movie. Yeah, this yeah. is thin foil. So if yeah. you're, I think packaging is a no in general. But you're a snob. I know. Yeah, you are. Yeah. You say soft yeah. bread rolls only. So yeah. I, okay, cheers. Woo. I can't hear whilst I'm chewing this. And that's a problem. But like I said, Marvel movie. They might be suitable for Marvel movies. Because the actual chewing, not too bad because the wafers are yeah. thin. They're a bit sickly. I don't like them. No. But I'm still eating them. It's like the bit in the favourite, when she's <laughs> eating the cheese. She's sick cake. and she keeps no. eating. I thought it was blue cheese. It was no, cake. cake. Because sugar upsets her stomach. Same. <laughs> <laughs> cake and cheese, basically the same. <laughs> no, but I mean, 
did she have IBS? Probably. Maybe that's it. I'm like, it's an LGBT like feminist film. No, it's well, just yeah. out there for the IBS people. <laughs> um, snack. I'd say it's a three out of ten. If you like lemon, they or, taste a lot I, like the ruby Kit Kats. No, they don't. Yeah, they do. No, they don't. Yeah, they do. No, they don't. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is, uh, I don't know. It this kind is more of, intense. It, yeah, it it has a very intense lemon flavor. I do like lemon in in mm-hmm. candy, but in this, it brings memories, but I don't know what memories. But they are unsettling memories. So I, I don't know. I think I don't my like problem the sensation is, of the taste. Yeah, the lemon comes after. So I'm like, oh, I'm eating a Kit Kat. Oh, and now I've got lemon in my face. Don't like it. I get lemon before. <laughs> it's just mainly sickly. But it is loud. Do you like regular Kit Kats? Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would prefer a regular Kit Kat. Me too. This. Yeah, and I think that's why I don't like it, because I also have something that I love to compare it to. It's like with Oreos. Don't have much time for the... Fuck off! <laughs> Oreos are great! <laughs> no, I love them, but I mean, like, the extra flavors, I'm not always a fan. Oh, yeah, True. Or you have to stick to what See? you're good at. Double stuff. Oh, also the issue with this packaging is it will leave litter for the poor people who work at the cinema. What packaging no. won't leave litter? Well, I'm saying that's, this is why I've got an issue with the packaging, guys. Yeah, but what kind of heathen leaves their own trash in the cinema? They exist. Bring it? Yeah, I know. Heathens. <laughs> I'm not going they to should... carry in like my food in my hands into the cinema <laughs> like a pauper. <laughs> from the people like i think the best packaging for a cinema is cardboard the cardboard boxes of candy yeah those are the best that's there's a reason why they sell them in cinemas cloth bags i think in finland i've never seen anything sold in a cardboard (laughs) we don't have you don't okay we are going to have a cultural disagreement here (laughs) i I don't think we have cardboard candy it's It's like candies that are, yeah, just like small chocolates and things they'll put in thin cardboard boxes. So that way, what? No. <laughs> no. This is, why has the, because it's so much quieter than this. Yeah. No, yeah. I, we eat popcorn in the cinema. Yeah, well, I found out about too. your, like, mug holders in your cars. I'm, <laughs> wow, you guys really know how to snack, so we do, I trust you, yeah. yeah. But okay, prefer so... normal Kit Kats. This is, mm, I would say, flavor too. If I'm very deprived of candy, I would eat them because I. Snacks, no. Favorite, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Are we going to rate it? Three. Yeah. I would say yeah. if, you, if you're going to go see extremely loud war movie, not Dunkirk, but any kind of normal war movie or any kind of superhero movie. Michael any... Bay movie. Yeah. Yeah. This is a good Michael Bay snack. Yeah. yeah, you want to feel a little. You're feeling sick anyway in a Michael Bay. Might yeah, as well and I'm thinking. Of, I was yeah. more thinking about the volume of the movie. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, also. So three, three and a half. Yeah. Three, yeah. three. I would go four. I, 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 I like the taste. I couldn't have. I've left half of it because it is too sweet. But I do oh. like the lemon. Weaklings. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. And bye. Bye. <laughs> Cool, okay, ending it.